Welcome to episode 30 of Scoob Obsessed. We'll have our normal segments of the show. Along with that, we have Scuba in the News. We have an update on the oil spill related to scuba diving. A brief update on new dock bylaws. A scuba diving company helps divers explore wrecks off the world's coast. New scuba diving resource manual has been released by SSI. And name a scuba site and win a trip. And as always, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Jim. How are you doing today, Jim? I am doing great tonight. Get to talk a little bit about scuba, get me over uh, the week I've been having at work. Um, so it, it's good, good, and good. How are you? Not doing too bad. Uh, been a busy week. I was ready for Thursday on Monday, and now Thursday's <laughs> I, here. <laughs> I read a couple of tweets, and you were already jonesing for it uh, early uh, in the week. Well, well when you get those... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I had a 12-and-a-half-hour day Monday and a 13-hour day Tuesday, and that just kind of does it all in. It's You feel like you've put in as much as you need to put in, and you're ready to head for home. Isn't that the truth? Yep. So, ah, perfect time to go out and talk about some scuba diving if we can't be diving. That's right. We'll start off with our traditional segment of scuba in the news. Looks like they've made some good progress with the oil spill in the Gulf. The they're they're doing the final stages, putting some mud and concrete into the top of that well. Right. It looks like uh, we're nearing the end of, of at least the uh, the leak phase. Uh, cleanup is going to go for for quite a while, but um, I think uh, from what I'm hearing and reading that it it may not be as bad in the ocean. Is uh, is it sure was looking like it was going to be? Yeah, and I think part of that comes down to just the what the you know the warm water in the tropics and what it's able to do, and basically the ability for the ocean to metabolize the oil. Mm-hmm. So this first article is just uh, based on diving. Florida scuba diving officials are breathing a sigh of relief as they believe that the damage risk is now nearing zero. The head of the U.S. government's response effort to mitigate the oil spill, now taking a little chance of oil remnants reaching the Florida Keys, excuse me, they said there's little chance of oil remnants reaching the Florida Keys and the South Florida mainland. Uh, The well is primarily sealed off. There's no danger of oil impact to the region, said retired Coast Guard Admiral Thad Allen during a news briefing in New Orleans on Thursday. Uh, once the well is killed, we have secured the source of oil in the region to the Messino well. For the past several months, there's been an eddy that has broken off from the, the loop current between the wellhead and where the current comes north and turns south to the Straits of Florida. So the eddy has created a hydraulic barrier between the wellhead and the loop current. The chances that oil will become entrapped in the loop current are very, very low and will go to zero as we continue to crawl, control the leakage at the well cap and ultimately kill it. So that is definitely good news for people looking to do some diving in Florida and for the environment down there. And the operators down there. Um, you know, it, 
I'll bet they were just fit to be tied and uh, probably the most stressed they've seen in a long time trying to figure out how they were going to uh, make it through this uh, oh, perfect uh, storm of disasters, I guess you would yeah, say. It's a little little easier to talk about it now, now that it appears that it's not going to reach the land. But you know, just take a moment and, and think about what would have happened had, you know, imagine an inch thick uh, mm. floating on the beaches. Yeah, and settling down over. Yeah. How many how many billions in tourism would that have cost Florida? How many livelihoods would have been impacted? You can't even think in numbers that big, <clears throat> but but it fortunately may not turn out to be as bad as as uh, what some of the prophets had originally said. Although the stuff that's already been up on land and, and into some of the wetlands and things like that certainly are uh, are going to be a, a handful of a problem, but um, looks like we're on the on the backside of this thing. You know, I'd like to hear about how some of these dive shops, if the, if the business comes back, you know, how, how are they going to factor this out of the numbers to evaluate against the previous year? I mean, have they lost so much early in the year that they're not going to be able to recover, or is it uh, is a trend that the diving's coming back? Okay, and the next one is we have an update on the the dock. And, there, uh, and if you remember last week's episode, we had the the location up in Canada where they were restricting diving. Uh, I don't think that there's a lot new in this article, but there was just a few things that the other one didn't talk about. So, just to briefly go over it, scuba divers. Uh, were banned from being able to use this dock. Uh, the local council had passed a bylaw prohibiting scuba diving in the publicly owned docks and ramps during boating season. So from May 15th to October 15th, you would not be allowed to dive on the docks or dive from the docks uh, without a permit. And what they were doing for permit was special events and for uh, training, but you still had to get a permit. And they go back into the the lack of respect that was shown and, and everything. Uh, we're, we're open to allowing users at the right times of the year. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 kind of reminds me of the attitude of I don't want, you know, anybody in this area but me. It's mine, mine, mine. So uh, I, just to, as you read the more comments from the locals, it, it, it just doesn't. You know, it's they're not they're not being very inviting to people who they want. And then the irony of it is they've got a 2020 planning document which will contain the long-term tourism strategy of the town. So maybe that uh, mention on their website about being a great uh, location to uh, go and scuba dive and see the wrecks might change. Uh, one thing that I, I thought was that we didn't get in last week's article. Uh, was they brought in the fact that they have nudity happening and that it's the fault of scuba diving. We have nudity happening. There are people changing in bushes. (laughs) (sighs) And I'm thinking of, you know, you can tell a scuba diver because we we know how to change under a towel. (laughs) Well, maybe that's what they're talking about. Maybe that's what they're considering nudity. I know what's under that towel. I know what's under that towel. You know what's under the towel. 
you know, uh, uh, somebody wearing a kilt is going to be showing more than I am when I <laughs> change under a towel. Uh, yeah, I about, don't know. About, the, about just... the worst case, maybe you could say they get a little plumber, plumber's crack, but they're not going to get any. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they're not getting a full Monty or anything. Right. <laughs> but I, I picked up on that one, so now they've now they've brought nudity into it. So well, it just, yeah. you know, it, it sounds like, you know, it's a limited resource, you know, because we were just in South Haven and there's five boat ramps there and those boat ramps are packed. Mm-hmm. Boats coming in and out. I mean, you're waiting in line as boats. So not knowing the population of this town, but you can imagine what two ramps are like. So I wonder if it's really, is it being trumped up just because people are trying to limit the use you know it's you know if i alienate the the divers and say they're outsiders then i get more to myself come in spend money but you know don't expect anything for return okay uh the next article you know where we got the contrast of the town in canada you know, trying to discourage tourism in the, in the Liverpool Daily Post, they've got scuba diving company helps divers explore wrecks off rural's coast. Uh, so this is an area in, in England where they're actually trying to use scuba diving uh, to draw in some tourists. So they've got, uh, it's off the Welsh coast. They have a passenger motor ship that was sunk in 1940. It's lying at a depth of 17 meters and a steam line. Uh, oh, and then they have another wreck, which is the city of Brussels passenger steam liner sank in 1883. <laughs> and they say it's one of the most dived wrecks in the Bay. So in this particular case, uh, it says a great new business and world that was sure to attract many visitors to play, eat and stay in the peninsula. So there's a town that understands you know, that divers, you, know, you, you can't come into town just to dive. You've got to fill up on gas. You've got to get something to eat. Uh, you're going to spend some money. If you've got more than just a few wrecks, you've got a couple days stay, some hotel lodging. Yeah, it's it's being able to capitalize on the resources that they've got available to them. You know, uh, I'm all for that. That's That's great. They uh, said that there's a submarine there also. That uh, Ooh. looks like there's there's quite a few there um, for exploration, and uh, said that the water temperature stays pretty much the same all year round, but it doesn't say how cold it does get there. Well, if you notice in the pictures, everybody's wearing dry suits. Mm-hmm. So sissies. Uh, yeah, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that because I don't have one. Oh, that's envy right there. That is. Uh, the next article is base is a uh, SSI is released a much anticipated science of diving scuba manual. Uh, this scuba diving manual resource makes a bold statement for recreational divers and dive professionals. It's a full-color, 280-page uh, manual with comprehensive content and stunning graphics to provide an in-depth 
study into the disciplines of diving. So, did, did you get a chance to take a look at this? I what I, what I was wondering is, is this aimed just is this a how how are they producing it? Is this a a reference book for you know say you learned to dive eight years ago and I don't you know. just want something to use, or is this one of those where it's really going to be aimed at students? It's going to talk about the uh, the the approach they have to training new divers. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it going to be intended to be part of their um, SSI's version of advanced open water? Is it? I'm sure it's going to be a text, um, you know, for science of diving student manual, or is the science of diving a, a an SSI curriculum? Um, you know, I I don't know. Uh, like you, I I took the Patty. So I'm not familiar with, uh -huh. with SSI and how they're doing it. But, you know, I'm always looking for great material. It's kind of been one of my pet projects. I've, I've always thought someday I would go and write a, a book on diving or, or almost like a reference, like a, a diving encyclopedia of, of all the content, you know, just a broad look to where, you know, as a diver, you could just say, you know, because we'll get to where there'll be something new that will come up. And you want to read on it. Yeah. And, you know, and like, not, not to bash on, on Patty at all, um, but the, the manuals for the courses that I've taken are, are good for getting you through that course. Um, once you're past that, it's not really a reference material, uh, no. a, a piece of reference material for me to go back and look because it's... Um, I don't consider myself an overly slow person, but it's hard for me to go back and find a concise answer um, quickly going back through the, the manual. Um, it, it's the, the Patty material is really written and designed for somebody who knows nothing about diving to start with that, that knowledge of no, with, with that point of no knowledge and get to the end to know the key points that you need to know for diving. And, and that's it. It's to get that knowledge from the book into you, but for a reference book to pull back six months later and read, you have to go through that whole thing. And and even as I had stated back while we were taking the Patty course, I found it hard for me to maintain interest. I had it took me a lot longer to go through that material because it was written at that approach. You know, everybody right. I think learns differently. There's probably maybe a third or half or 80% of the people taking the course love that material, but that is not the way that I learn. You know, I, I want you to give me all the details, and I like to learn details at a, almost like a shotgun, you know, this, this big scatter of information, and then I like to come up with that overriding theme that ties that bit of information together so that I've so I've got it. I've got that strategy. I've got that approach that I go in and can can apply to whatever I'm I'm learning. And for me, it's that excitement of discovery where I see everything just getting more and more enlightened the more I know. And where you look at the picture, and at first you just notice the grass, and then later you notice the trees, and then finally you realize there's a sunset and a rainbow, all in that. And that's what I enjoy about learning and, and scuba diving. So when I see a new book like this coming out, I'm, I'm hopeful that it becomes a reference resource I can pick up and read uh, 
you know, so I can, if I, um, a good example, I don't know if you ever picked up the Reader's Digest uh, hardcover book and, and they've made them for years where it's, you know, the complete do-it-yourself guide to home maintenance. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's a great book if you if you have a home and you, and we're not making any money on it, but if you have a home and you need to learn about different things, it, it, it talks about it. So if I want to know how to do roof repair, it talks about it. You know, it's not saying everybody can do everything, but it gives you that information. It gives you just that details that meet. Here's what you need. And I just love that in learning material to be able to go to it. I'm, I'm going to the SSI website, but um, it looks like I'm going to have to do a bunch of digging to get into find right. out about this book. Uh, nothing yeah, I wrong did with, the same thing. No, nothing wrong with the website, but it is a. Well, I'm saying nothing wrong. I, I think there is something wrong, but uh, <laughs> they, they've run into the the disease of let's have one of everything on the website. And as I say that, I'm thinking what our website looks like. But <laughs> it's like it's, you've got buttons, you know, social networking buttons, the YouTube, the Twitter, all this stuff just kind of there. Uh, right. You know, they got banners. They've got you know all the Facebook friends on the front. Uh, so, uh, it would take a little bit to, to go and find this information, but I'm sure it's there. The next article and the last one, uh, and I, and I thought it was interesting because I'm always looking for a free vacation was name a scuba site and win a trip. So Papua New, yeah, exactly. Papua New Guinea. The California-sized nation located north of Australia is offering a free visit. If you can come up with a winning name for one of the two little-known scuba dive sites off its coast. So you go to the website, and the website is nameyourowndivesite.com. And it's through August 31st, so there's still time. we got almost a full month. And name either the dive site near Tufi Resort or the Willendai Plantation Resort. Each one will receive a trip. For two to the resort to participate in underwater naming and ribbon cutting ceremony for the dive site. Sydney <laughs> touts its dive sites as Indo Pacific waters among the world's best with more marine species than popular spots in the Red Sea and Caribbean. It boasts a wide array of tropical fish, coral reefs with natural wonders such as tiny pygmy seahorses, neuter branches, and whale sharks. The naming contest be something? is open to residents of the United States and Canada. Winners receive round-trip airfare from Los Angeles, five nights accommodation at the resort, and a dive for the underwater naming ceremony. You only get one dive? <laughs> well, I, I'll bet you you could go in again. I'm sure, you know, after going all that way, you could probably get two. Maybe they give you two. Wouldn't That's... that be horrible? They'll put you up for five nights. Oh. But you get one tank. <laughs> Make it last. I'd be out yeah. there with a bicycle pump. <laughs> how, how many pumps does it take to get to 3,000? Oh, well, oh. you'd be looking like Popeye by the time you got done. And I don't think you could do it in five days. <laughs> you know what? You oh, wow. Now that, now, that would be the definition of torture. To go yes, that it would. Way and uh, only be able to dive. Or, or, or how about this? Sure, you can dive. Yeah, the vacation's free, but each year a tank is five hundred dollars. Right, but they don't tell you that till you're there. 
it's like a walled resort, so you can't leave. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Fine. Yeah. Here's the go. plastic. I gotta. I gotta get wet. <laughs> Darn you! <laughs> wow. And the other thing I was thinking is, it's a trip for two. So you know, we're both married. So if if we won it, you'd have that decision of, do you take a dive buddy, so you can go and do some diving, or do you take the wife who's going to sit on the beach and suntan? <laughs> it's got to be this... the wife. I don't even know why I, I asked the question because it would just the, uh, yeah, that, that would be don't come back. <laughs> Just, yeah. just stay in New Guinea. The locks are changed. Your Good stuff's thing. on the lawn. <laughs> well, but would it be worth it? I mean, really, think about it. Holy smokes. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that out loud, didn't I? Yeah. I probably shouldn't have. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, that, that, I'll put that in the new ringtone. <laughs> what a cool. Oh. <laughs> um, thanks. I think. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll edit that. I'll send it to you. You can put it every time she calls. Wow. <laughs> you can thank me later. No, the, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, gosh. God, just thinking about a trip down there. Trip anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I'm ready for a trip. We're, we're now in the last month of summer, and it just goes to reinforce every year. I, I begin to think that about the time June hits and summer begins, it's already over with. Right. We've got things. The kids are running five days a week getting ready for fair. Bunny clubs, horse club, like they had swimming tonight. They just they, There's something going on constantly. As if you think that there's not enough, and then football practice starts next week. Yes. Oh, where did the summer go? And it hasn't even started. Well, it has. It's, it's really half gone. Oh, it is. Isn't that so, horrible? On that positive note, there goes the news. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one thing that we do do in the summer, but we do it all year round, is we do some diving. So, did you have the opportunity to get wet this week? I didn't. Um, I didn't. I spent some time out on the lake, and uh, boy, the conditions were good. And uh, I know somebody called me to check on the lake conditions, so I'm assuming that you went out. Um, in the afternoon, did you did you take advantage of the good conditions? Well, how the weekend was going is I took Friday off to go and dive. And it was one of those where Kirk and I just could never quite get connected. And then when we did, it's kind of like, well, you know, where do we want to go? So he'd actually gone and picked up Bob's boat. Right. So he had access to a boat, but then his Friday just went all crazy. So we didn't get to go. Saturday, unless they were going to be able to dive very early in the morning, I had something where I had to be on the road by about noon. Ah. So, you know, by a fairly early day, I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I had pretty much given up hope, despondent as I was, that I was going to be able to get any diving in on the (laughs) weekend. So had a good weekend, went, you know, uh, met with some friends, Uh, they... He had a demolition derby car. He was running and and that right. whole, mm-hmm. but that's uh, that's that's for a whole nother. That's a demolition demo derby podcast we do. So we can we can talk about that there. But I I get back. Well, I wasn't even back. I I was getting texts. Uh, if you remember, we talked about uh, David 
who I had gone diving with in Michigan City. Right. So I I got a call, and you know, at first it was "Hello, this is David," and I'm I'm like, "Okay," and then he said, "You know me," and I'm going, "Well, which David is this?" I had, you know, I I know a few Davids, but I wasn't expecting a call from any of them. So right. But uh, he was trying to talk me to diving, and uh, I bet that was a tough tough sell right there. Well, the problem is I was way in Indiana and I didn't know when I was going to be getting out. And yeah. he was he, he was like, "Hey, we've got the boat loaded up. We're actually going to head to the material service barge in Chicago and go there." And yeah, and I'm like, "Well, you know, yeah." Since I mean, the only time I had dove with this uh, diver was with Bob on Bob's boat, right? So not that I'm not a trusting individual, but you know, I don't want to be out in Lake Michigan in the canoe. Right. So I was trying to politely, via text messages and phone conversations, try and find out, you know, what are, what are we talking on material service barge? And of course, I'm in Indiana, which he would have to go by to get to the to where they were going to put in. But all my right. gear was up in Michigan. Right. So, you know, I knew where everything was, but I didn't know him well enough to be able to say, "Hey, go into my RV, go grab my gear, right. bring it on down." So. I pretty much said, you know, I, I don't think I can make it. So I could tell he was a little bummed he didn't have anybody to go diving with. And uh, so later in the day, and I'm still down there and we're getting ready to head for home, he calls and, and uh, says, well, how about we do uh, the, they had, he had done Saturday a dive with Kirk and they did the Havana. Oh, cool. And that, he said that went more well. Visibility was good. So he was all excited and he says well, how about we do the rockaway and so i'm like sure what time you're gonna go and this is probably about three o'clock and he said well can you make it up here by 6 30 so i thought that was fine then kirk calls me a little bit later and he's him and on back and forth and he didn't want to end up doing a dive because he thought it was going to be a night dive at 6 30 says it's going to be dark and you know it's possible i mean if it depends on what you do if you if you monkey around and Take time putting the boat in, and you take you a while. Can't, to get you can't Susie around with it. You got to get your stuff together no, and not, go. Not at not at six thirty, but I got to be thinking. We've been doing night dives in the summer, or dives after work in the summer. So mm-hmm. I get off work at five. I get home at six. I head out to the the dock at six thirty seven. That's more than enough time to get out there and get a dive. Um, you're not going to have you know noon sunlight on the water, but it's going to work out. So. We we did get there. The, the boat he has is a nice boat. It's a uh, uh, it's a ski boat, got an uh, inboard. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you have to say about this boat is it hauls. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I didn't ha- I wasn't running my GPS, but uh, they were recording about thirty five, uh, thirty seven knots. In That's pretty good. As we were heading out, yeah, it didn't take long at all. It was a nice and then the Rockaway is just. It's like that's uh, north of the pier in South Haven. You know, kind of, it's right. almost like north of South Haven, like Havana is north of St. Joe. And actually, it's okay. a little bit, it's probably yeah. a little bit closer than, mm-hmm. uh, to the, the South Haven pier than Havana is the St. Joe pier. So we get out there. The, the wreck is buoyed, which was nice. Uh, we, we geared up pretty quick. Went on down and saw the Rockaway, which is which is a, it's a wreck. It's it's a it's you still got to call it a rubble wreck. 
It's like yes. the Havana, the bottom splayed open, very similar type of vessel to the Havana and went down in a similar time period as the Havana did. So we'll have links in the show notes when those get up to the site so you can see the the wreck. Uh, this one has a structure in the middle that sits up about six, seven feet. And I'm not quite sure what it is, if it's a, if there's a center board, if it's part of the hull. It's, 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 hmm. it's laminated, and there's like holes and sections in it. So at one point during the dive, we're looking down into the sections, and there was a huge catfish <laughs> in there. So nice to see a little bit different underwater life. Uh, right. Instead of gobies all the time. Yep. And then there was a plenty of gobies. Not as much as I had seen, but I, I, it's, I'm not seeing as many gobies this time of the year as we did earlier in the season. So I don't know if they're past breeding season and becoming lunch for other fish. or Oh, yeah. Or, or what's going on. But the visibility was, was pretty good. I wouldn't call it awesome, but it was good. You know, definitely great for doing a Michigan dive. Kirk had said, right. uh, make sure that you had about 20 yards off the bow and see the other structures that are there. So we brought a reel down with us, tied it off to the anchor line, and went and looked at some stuff. We're not sure, because the bottom had a lot of... Uh, zebra mussels that didn't seem to be attached to anything. So it was hard to tell which was part of the wreck and which was oh. just zebra mussels laying out there. Right. But there was an object, I would say it was four foot by six foot by four foot high, and when I knocked on it, it was hollow. So I'm, I'm thinking that's what he was talking about, that we should go and look at. I haven't found out if that's really what it is or what he was looking for or not. But uh, we, we went around the wreck. Uh, a nice wreck, pretty compact, open. Just a good dive. And and after, it had been almost two weeks since my previous dive. And yeah. I was starting to feel withdrawal because I was, I was almost wondering if I was going to get a dive in. You know, the, the prime middle summer and I, I, I was going to go three or four weekends without a dive. Right. Yeah, that makes it tough. Um you know, when you start looking at, wow, my my summer is uh, half gone. <clears throat> yep. So, but uh, great dive. I mean, it was nice. He was talking about on Havana how cold it was. In fact, uh, Kurt had done a wetsuit dive. And, really? Good. Uh, yeah. But they were. They said they were both shivering. And I'm thinking, well, in, I mean, it's cold. But right. You know, I don't find wetsuit diving, you know, even down there. I can, you know, 30, 40 minutes is fine because it's kind of like in a w winter, we're priming with warm water to get that going. It, it just, uh, even at depth in the cold, I just can't get cold. You know, I, well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for a dry suit, but. Uh, that's what I'm um, telling myself until I get a dry suit. But <laughs> I, I'm, until I'm down on air or hitting the deco limits i'm not <laughs> i'm not right. ready to come up cold isn't driving me up at this at this time of the year i guess is what i'm saying right so but we uh when we came up the line uh, i did see a school of uh fish i have no idea what they were minnows just kind of outside the edge of your vision but as you were coming up you could see them between us and the sun because it was probably by that time 7:30 at night Oh, so neat. That you could see the rays of light streaking through the water 
you know, right. hitting the suspended particles. And then there was just, you know, a couple hundred fish in the school. So, you know, I'd love to know what they are, but they were just too far away to see. And then we headed back in, and it was a beautiful night to, to come back in. We didn't rush in, took our time motoring around a little bit, and made it back in. So another nice trip out of South Haven. Yeah, the, I I can tell you the weather was beautiful on Sunday night. Um, um, if your ride back in was anything like ours, it was just a great night to catch the, the rays of the sun dropping down. Yeah, David was asking you, is Jim going to be up there at the site? And I said, I don't, I don't think they're <laughs> they're heading up that way. <laughs> no, we were running around south of the piers in St. Joe and out, you know, a little bit. And um, God, we, we need to get some uh, some equipment on your boat so that when you're doing that running around, you can get some <sighs> bottom uh, measurements. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to add some gear, but uh, it's kind of tough. I would certainly love to figure out what is in that spot we saw those two boats with dive flags anchored on. Um, I might have something on that for you. The, uh, I saw a barge anchored over the top of where I seem to remember that they were at. Um, so I don't, I don't know exactly uh, what's going on, but I think there's some, some construction going on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did see some, uh, a barge today when I was driving down by the river out there look like a barge loaded with rock or stone uh yeah this this was a big one out uh like i say it was right about where we saw those other divers and uh there's been a lot of barge moving around barges moving around on the river uh, some of the ones that we've seen that have been anchored there for so long were moved around and some fresh ones moved in with uh, some different materials on them so uh they're they're i think they're trying to take advantage of the last bits of uh summer also yeah, the weather's been great. If you've been doing construction, you haven't been blown off the lake that many times this this year. Right. Yeah, because we haven't had, you might have a day or two in a row, but nothing that strings long runs together. Been beautiful weather. Certainly beautiful has been. Beautiful weather for being out on the lake. So that was the last week of diving. Not a f- packed week, but we did get wet. Right. But, uh... Sounds like we've got some diving planned for this weekend. Yes, absolutely. Um, looks like uh, Saturday and and possibly Sunday. So Ooh, that's Sunday. a good thing. What's Sunday? Sun. It's day after Saturday. I know, but what dive? Prior to Monday. Well, I haven't heard about so, the Sunday dives. Yeah, could try and uh, if we can cement it together, get back out and uh, and do some more surveying. Ah. Wow. Sounds good. So, but what? So the Saturday dive is up around. Uh, is that Grand Haven there? Potentially, uh, yes. Grand I Haven. So. so the idea is to get as started early as possible. Eight a.m. Was yep. it eight a.m.? God. Yep. Eight a.m. Almost so like you can work. Do it. I can do, you it. Can do I, it. I'm confident for diving. No problem. It's like the it's like the guy who can't get up before ten a.m. to make it to work, but wakes up at four a.m. for fishing. You know, dive. Uh, I'm the same yeah. way with diving. I, I, I'll find a way to make it, to make right. it be awake. Uh, gotcha. So, the only problem I'm running into is I went diving so late Sunday, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to get the gear out to let it dry. We're in the weather has been kind of foggy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when I get up in the morning, everything's just soaking. So I'm not putting the gear out. I probably should. Maybe I need it tomorrow. 
but so I, I can't be able to get it out. And then I come, I'm getting home so late at night, it's dark in the dew and mist is everything on. So yeah, yep. I almost need to go to winter rules and, and set up the gear someplace down in the basement with the fans and dehumidifiers running. Right. So, but the Rockaway yeah. is going to be a fairly deep dive, 125 feet from what I understand. Uh, Ironsides. Ironsides. Did I say Rockaway? You did say Rockaway. That's yeah, okay. Rock, Rockaway is about 60, 70 feet. So, uh, yeah, Ironsides. So it's going to be a, a, a deeper dive. So we're going to have to, you know, watch the deco time. Right. So not going to be a whole ton of bottom time. So it might be one of those things where it makes sense not to, you know, it's a bad thing about have never been to the site before. Because if you've been there, you can pick a spot that you want to really see, and then you go down deep right there, and then you can linger your way up after that deepest point and and hopefully keep yourself out of deco. Because if, if the visibility is good and you can rise up to maybe 110 feet, we're not going to be building up the nitrogen like we will if we stay at 125. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, definitely have a plan and uh, drop in. Total water depth there is, is 120 from what I understand. Oh, 120. So, so that's, you know, um, probably anywhere from 100 to 120. And like you said, drop in and then uh, slowly meander way back up, uh, you know, as, as the minutes tick off. Yeah. So, sounds like a good dive. So, what are we going to do? Is it going to be one tanks, two tanks? Have you heard? I don't know. I don't know. Probably, probably uh, one, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Probably ought to get that uh, planned out tomorrow. Yeah, because you can do two tanks, but you've got to give ourselves a little surface interval there to uh, be able to get down. <laughs> to be able to take advantage of your second dive, absolutely. Now, is that near Excuse the clay me. banks? No, I, I think it's further out. Oh, okay. Out and up uh, north, but you know what? I would have to look that up. And uh... you know, as we talk about how to make an early, short day of the diving, here I am trying to extend all the other options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much for uh, getting in, getting it done, and on to the rest of the day, huh? Exactly. So, well, that's it for the the talk about the the dive. I did have an, a little potentially cool scuba gear article, and I'm starting to see more of these types of gear. Seems to be in the cameras where you're getting underwater cameras from companies that aren't known for having underwater cameras. Right. Isn't that neat? I mean, uh... it is if it's real. I mean, that's the the, the one thing that I, I'd love to find out. Uh, they're just expensive enough to where you, know, you almost still, you know, it's like you got a sure thing where you've got the respected brands and the housings right. where you know those are going to work. And then you've got these where they're kind of like a hybrid. Like it's really not designed for diving, but you can use it for diving. Like we found out with that little Innovis camera that I was using. Yeah, right. it, it's water's not going to go pouring into it as long as you stay within depth rating. But as far as usability, I mean, I couldn't push the buttons and make some of the functions work when you actually got the depth. But this is the Kodak PlaySport. 
uh, it, it appears to be a new camera. I've heard of the PlaySport line, but so I think this is, might just be an, an updated version. But what I thought was interesting was that it was rated down to 100 feet underwater. Really? If I if I read it right. Huh. Oh, yeah, I think. So we'll have that, you know, definitely check the specs. Don't go with my word on it, but I'm trying to see where I, I saw it in this article. Of course, I can't see it now. <laughs> Make me a liar. Oh, the camcorder claims to be waterproof for three meters. A little different oh. than 100 feet. Yeah, so all you people who just flooded your Kodak right. camera. Oops, My sorry. apologies. My apologies. Uh, no, uh, it was the other one that we had here. So that was, that was. but I mean, even that's good. I mean, there's times, like I, I'm pulling out my phone. I've got a, a phone out now, the, the the dreaded iPhone 4. And it does shoot some, you know, respectable video. It's not going to be mm-hmm. the quality you get from a camcorder with some nice lenses. But it does a pretty decent job. But you know, here you are. Not only is it a camcorder and a camera, but it's also your phone, which you're kind of relying on, you know, being able to call people on. And which is its primary function. Exactly. And as you know, you're craning your arm out over the side of the boat to get the best angle for photos. I can just visualize me going, "Oops." And dropping it in. <laughs> so when you look at a, a device like this Kodak camera, even though I'm not going to be able to take it down to 100 feet, it is nice to know that if it plops over the side, mm-hmm. I can scoop it up and it's not dead. Or catches some spray on the boat ride out. Or well, yeah. Yeah, it gets Lands in a puddle on the deck, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there are some of those, uh, you know, water-resistant bags you can put around stuff. But then that, you know, that adds... Sometimes, almost a price of the camera. Sometimes. So, but the other device, the one where it would that is actually to a hundred, hundred feet. Now I've gone right back to the same darn article. <laughs> that again, gosh. So maybe this is we, we missed the technical difficulties earlier. So this one now. is a. Uh, this is a new ultra rugged camera works. While scuba diving and skydiving, Oregon Scientific has launched the ATC9K all-terrain video camera, which is an HD video recorder that is durable. It can go just about everywhere. It is waterproof and shock-resistant, can strap to helmet, handlebar, surfboard, snowboard. High-definition, 1080p, full HD, 5-megapixel still shots, and an LCD screen for playing back content. Uh, right now it's available for approximately $300. Huh. So something, something to look at. Did I get this one right? This one's 100 feet, right? <laughs> and again, three meters. No. I read 100 feet somewhere. I know I did. Sure you did. Sure you did. Sure I did. I understand. Maybe I'm hallucinating. So, 
but you know, this is you know, I, I as I'm finding the this bits of gear, I almost think that we need to go like on some sort of quest, uh, quest for dry suit and quest for underwater cameras. Absolutely, I'm in. Yep. So I get the dry uh, suit. <laughs> you got the dry suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So, uh, but what? Yeah, you know, we're going to start calling up some of these manufacturers and see who wants to talk, uh, who wants to come on the show, explain why they've got the best gear or whatever, doing whatever, and uh, we'll just bring everybody on. You know, what better way to learn than you know, kind of a lineup. <laughs> right. Get everybody out, show their wares, and see what it is. And uh, uh, you know, hopefully, we can find out who the serious ones and who aren't. And in the gear category, like dry suits, it seems like everybody likes whatever gear they've got. You know, I have a hard time with anybody saying a bad thing about any of the gear manufacturers. Yeah, I think uh, I think number one that shows that. Uh, there's a lot of quality gear out there, um, but number two is sometimes uh, sometimes people can be kind of protective over their own choices, whether they were right or wrong. Um, I know as a guy, I'm hardly ever wrong. Um, well, of course. And when I think I have been, I was wrong about that. So, you know, to admit that you've made a wrong choice or spent uh, a large sum of money or a fair chunk of money on a on a bad decision some people don't always fess up to that so easily so you gotta kind of take that with a grain of salt i suppose you sometimes have to ah okay well we did have some great activity in the facebook pages if you want to visit us at facebook it's www.facebook.com forward slash scuba obsessed all one word no spaces in there and now we get to get to our fan page. Please uh, like us or join us as a friend. But we had some great conversations going mm-hmm. over there this week. Uh, some new fans. And we had a little discussion going on uh, uh, new scuba divers or younger scuba divers talking about what got them into the sport. So uh, if you have an idea of what gets you interested would you what got you interested or what would get a young person interested in scuba diving go over there and sound off on some of the threads uh, interesting discussion so we thank everybody for the activity over there and as always you can follow us on twitter we have the scuba obsessed website uh, www.scubaobsessed.com and we always love to hear our our five star reviews over there on the apple itunes store so go ahead and subscribe. Right on. And with that, we are approaching the end of another episode. Uh, episode 30, we'll name it later. <laughs> I still don't. What are we going to name this one? I don't know. Lost in the fog. It's been foggy here lately. It has been. Uh, just that time of year, lost in the fog. So that's what we'll 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 call this one. And something that we never get lost about, and that's this time of the show and what is that it's time for the bad scuba joke of the week it is and this one's so bad i had to really put it down at the bottom of the list so it wouldn't stink up the the rest of the news articles okay so are you ready i i am as ready as i will be how's that
Sounds good. And here we go. Two scuba divers were adrift in a lifeboat following a storm while diving at sea. While rummaging through the boat's provisions, one diver stumbles across an old lamp. Secretly hoping that a genie would appear, he rubbed the lamp vigorously. To the amazement of the castaways, a genie came forth. This particular genie, however, stated that he could only deliver one wish, not the standard three. Without giving any thought to the matter, one diver blurted out, Make the entire ocean into rum! The genie clapped his hands with a deafening crash, and immediately the entire sea turned into the finest rum ever sampled by mortals. Simultaneously, the genie vanished. Only the gentle lapping of rum on the hull of the boat broke the stillness as the two considered their circumstances. The second diver looked disgusted at the first diver, and after a tension-filled moment spoke, Now you've done it. Now we're going to have to pee in the boat. Well, just imagine. Yeah, you know, I, I think maybe an alternate punchline would be "What and no coke." You would. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So. And I think that does it. It does. So, as always, everybody go out there and get wet and dive safe. Call recording has been completed.